and there is all the fainting and praying during a sex scene almost there's yeah. painting yeah, yeah, yeah. and praying yeah there was like uh, sort of in the middle <laughs> sort of in the middle just going down on your knees not to do the business but no, to no. oh please god save, save me, me. <laughs> Welcome to the Books and Bermos podcast. I'm Juliette. And I'm Paulette. Hey, I'm sorry for my voice. I have this uh, lingering... She has the snivels. What do I have? Snivels. <laughs> yeah, all over the place. I have a lingering cold. I think my voice is alright. I can hear it. I'm... Yeah, yeah. It's exactly as usual, <laughs> which is very snivelly. <laughs> I thought it wasn't nasal enough. So yeah, I just um, added to it. I thought, you just add up a notch of nasal. <laughs> I saw the time. <laughs> Disgusting. I know, listener, it's revolting. Yes, I am. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. So uh, today we are doing the long-awaited Les Liaisons Dangereuses by uh, Pierre Chaudard de Laclos. By the way, I'm yeah. sorry. What? This is the first time I actually learned how to pronounce his name. No, I heard both pronunciations. There are people that say oh. Pierre Coderre de la Cloa. No, I think I watched many videos and all of them said, yes, this is how we pronounce it, Chauderre de la Cloa. Oh, like they yeah, insisted on it? they insisted on it. Anyway, what kind of name is that? A very weird name. What the Fucked hell? up. Chauderre yeah. Shut Come up. Come on. And we read the book. We didn't read the translation. You know, now that I, I kind of regret not having read it in English. Me too, actually. Like, at least for an idea. I don't know the st- what the style uh-huh. was. Because, you know, it was translated quite fast. After a, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, it was out in uh, 1782 in France. And I think maybe the year after it was uh, translated into English. That's a big success. It was. Not critical success, but yeah. clandestine. You know, the public loved it because it was scandalous. Scandalous and apparently right. very hot for the time. Yeah. Were you scandalized? <laughs> oh, yeah. Shocked to my core. Really? No, of course not. <laughs> it was so tame and nice <laughs> and delicious and polite. <laughs> Just talking about yeah. feelings. Feelings all over the place. Yeah. I don't know where the sex was. I missed it. <laughs> Nope, maybe, I don't know, it was when he was on his knees. They were on their knees a lot. Uh, you do is usually the... Uh... Oh, you want me to do the plot overview? Yeah. So the plot is actually quite simple, but when you read the book, it's uh, the intrigues are uh, quite complicated, but when you, can, when you come to the detail, but when you simplify it, it's nothing much. It's yeah. just Madame de Merteuil wanting to take revenge on an ex-lover by depraving his future wife. In the meantime, le Vicomte de Valmont has his own mission, <laughs> which is towards uh, la Présidente de Tourvel. And this is a pious, virtuous, married woman and really hard to get. So this is a challenge for him. Yeah. So we have these two libertines, la Marquise de Merteuil and le Vicomte de Valmont, who uh, consort to take down these innocent people. And of course, there is Gercourt, is the ex-lover of La Marquise de Merteuil, yeah. and Cécile de Volange is the future wife. So she's just out of the convent, she's a young girl, innocent. She's 15. Not very super brainy, you know? <laughs> she's not the brightest. <laughs> yeah, no. But you can't expect her to be, poor thing. No, out <clears throat> of the convent, you know? She made mm. me think of uh, our last podcast, uh, Pansy, when I was getting down on Pansy. This is Pansy, oh. you know, so... so yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't think. It starts, it all starts because La Marquise de Merteuil decided mm-hmm. to plot this. It was to all her. Fun. Yeah. Although, no, Le Vicomte de Valmont, he was having his own fun on his own and she wanted to, she wanted his help with Cécile de Volange because she wanted him to per- to pervert Cécile. And it would have been an easy thing for him to do that. Extremely. So he said, Come on, I don't have time to waste with, uh, <laughs> with young girls out of the convent. It would be so easy. I need a challenge. And the challenge would have been La Présidente de Tourvel. So since he doesn't want to, so La Marquise de Merteuil thinks, I'm going to get her a lover. And she finds Le Chevalier de Danceny and they fall in love. But he he's really slow to act. <laughs> He's romantic and yeah. sweet and yeah. it's annoying. To There's Madame no de perversion <laughs> coming. So in the end, you know, the Vicomte de Valmont is going to do it anyway. He's going mm. he's gonna to deflower. Oh, <laughs> he's gonna, it's disgusting. No, no, I'm going to find is. another word. Yeah, so he's going to take advantage of uh, Cécile. 
he's gonna end up also having in his own vocabulary, you know, taken and having and defeating la prison de Tourvel because this is his uh, language, you know, uh, language of a military, as if it, it was is. like you know leading a campaign. It is. Yeah, for her, for him, her sleeping with him is defeating her, and he gets that. At the end, it ends in complete havoc on everyone. Every every life is wrecked. So we have deaths, we have real deaths, we have social deaths. Uh, we have loss of an eye. What do we? Yeah, uh, the loss of an eye in exile, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so social deaths. La Marquise de Merteuil and Cécile Volange, and uh, the others are real deaths. Mm -hmm. So it's really uh, complicated. And I just uh, cited, you know, the principles here, but we have, I think, maybe 11, no, 13 maybe authors of letters around that. Yeah, maybe yeah. 11 principles. And, and sometimes uh, towards the end, we have, uh, like, there is an, an, um, a priest that writes once. There is an anonymous letter that comes once. So mm -hmm. if we count all of this, we have different letters coming from different people so we have different styles and this is so impressive it for is. one writer to be able to do that i found it very really impressive yeah especially when you feel the influence of one one writer over another in the case of cecile writing letters to the le chevalier de Danceny, you can see the sweetness and the innocence in her letters at yeah. first and then you see when you recognize letters that are dictated by Valmont. They're disgusting. They're horrifying. And you feel Valmont's, I don't know how, that filthiness all over the place and manipulation. And there are examples like that. Actually, uh, for me, what was really, what I could distinguish all the time is Cecile's letters. Because you would recognize her style, her not very sophisticated writing right yeah. away. She did write whatever was on her mind. She was very factual. She was. She never went into concepts or anything. Just this happened and this happened. <laughs> I don't think there is anything to go into in that case. What? In Cecile's brain, can you imagine Cecile having concepts of no. what? No. Hell no. <laughs> Poor and, Cecile. Um, the best letters for me were Madame de Merteuil's. And Valmont writing to each other. Yeah, but I preferred, like, if I had to choose the best letters for me, the most humiliating, oh. because she was mean sometimes. And she had this style as if she weren't writing, as if she ha she, w she was having a real dialogue with some someone who was present with her. Her way yeah. of conversation, like, she would say something and almost ask a question and imagine what he would answer and conclude that her, her, his answer would have been stupid and call him stupid. <laughs> yeah, she, she was very, very sharp. Sharp, but, yeah. you, you know, she's still a mystery to me. I don't, I don't see her as someone who values men that much that she would start all the story for one of them. For the Comte de Gercourt. Okay, so <coughs> should we do it character by character? Let's say the princess, yeah, the I ones think that we should start, yeah. interest us most. So maybe let's leave Madame de Merteuil for Definitely. now because she is, I think, the most mysterious, the most complicated. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's just going to be our view of it because in the end, you know, it's just what you get from, from the letters and from her, what she says about herself. Yeah. But really, yeah, she is too complicated. And uh, yeah, I, I too, I have some um, yeah, some areas that I'm not sure about which, I in mean, her behavior. The best characters in the books we read, most of them do have this. There's always a bit Definitely. of a mystery left. When you finish the book, you're not finished with them. They yeah. still, like, they, they stay on your mind. And you but I like questions. it because it's not flimsy, <clears throat> it's uh, consistent. No, it's very consistent. She's just a mystery, but not incomprehensible. No. Yeah, we just don't know. We can each have our own opinion, but in the yeah. end, it's just an opinion because. But it's not because it wasn't explained. No, it was. It's mm. all there. You just have to look for it, and whatever you look for, you, f you, you, you might find. You can decide. Yeah. So let's start with uh, Valmont, maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. maybe as interesting but less complicated. He is less complicated. How would you describe him in general? Like, I mean. So he's different, towards different people. Let's say, when he writes to uh, Madame de Tourvel. He mm. wants to seduce her, so he uses her language. He embraces her values. He does. Yeah, so he changes that way. I think his true self is with Madame de Merteuil. Uh, he is perverted, but a bit like a child going to mommy, look, look what I did. I think so, too. That's the impression yeah. I got from him. Because, because every little end. thing, he would go to her. Please say I'm perverted I'm enough. <laughs> 
<laughs> I impressed you. Please say I'm disgusted. I'm a devious <laughs> being, please. Like, as devious as you are. Yeah, you felt that his... The way of, he was a libertine, it was more simple. Because it is, I think, it was really easy for a man, a rich man, with lots of leisurely time and uh, an enormous fortune from what we get. So it would have been easier. And yeah, you get this wanting to impress. But in the end, we are shown, I, I wouldn't say a moral side, but some sort of conscience from him. Really? Where? Well, he does explain everything to Chevalier Danceny. And he but does go vengeance. to his death. No, that's but revenge. he went to his death. Because Chevalier, Le Chevalier Danceny, let's be real, yeah. didn't really father beat him. Oh, you think you think he knew he was going to die? I think he knew. I always went to it like that. Okay, so I might be unknowingly influenced by some movies. I don't remember Namely Van Mont. But I think I still get this uh, the feeling here. Let's not say he had a change of heart, but as you said, I don't think his new t- true nature was true nature was as vicious and and vindictive as Madame de Merteuil. Yeah, I agree with you a bit. I think he his uh, the nature of his revenge was personal. Madame de Merteuil was in the realm of abstraction. What do you mean? What I mean by that is oh okay. So I'm gonna go to back to the preface that I told you about, and I'm not sure if you read the same thing yeah, I, I did, because, do you remember, at some point they say that it was a bit flimsy, the fact that the whole thing started because she was, what What was she, like she was dumped by uh, Gercourt, or did he yeah. leave her for someone else? Or This is the thing, I think Madame de Marteuil is used to be the one who leaves men on her own terms, and the fact that the Comte de Gercourt decided to marry, and without telling her, I think. Why would he tell her? She's just a... That's a thing. That's Madame de Merteuil. I think she always finishes things and stories on her own terms. And this time, it wasn't the case. But it's still too light. I don't see Madame de Merteuil giving value enough to a man to start this whole plot, just as a revenge against him. I understand that she would be unnerved. <laughs> yeah, but Upset. Not... A bit upset. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but start the whole thing... I think it's just not enough. So that's what was said in the preface. Like mm. s- Some critics might say that the motive is not strong enough for her to start this whole time-consuming thing because it's, this is months of working. This is months of working plotting. In, in, people's, in the lives of people who don't have much to do either. But she is an intelli- a very intelligent woman. That's why I, I, when I told you about that, uh, her um, deviousness, goes much further than uh, Valmont's, oh, because yeah. that's why I mean abstraction. Like the, uh, Her problem is not with a man, is with men. It is said in the book yeah. that she is exacting revenge for her sex. But So she says it herself. She does. So there is this letter uh, 81 where she, she gives a sort of uh, story of her life, yeah. which is strange because Valmont should have known about it. The details of her coming into the world. No, but she did give up her thoughts more than anything. What made her what she is. Yeah. What would Van Mon So apparently know? he wasn't privy to it. No. Which is, which is very actually close. Which, which is telling. So mm-hmm. he thinks they're very close. Mm-hmm. But Madame de Merteuil has a whole other vision. She wanted him, she got him, and that was it. And she kept him because he was practical, maybe. This is interesting <clears throat> because I saw them as really close friends and oh. uh, confidants. Do you really think that relationship was equal? No, not equal. No, oh. she was the master. He was yeah. a puppet. That's uh, that's what I mean, yeah. No, I agree on that. I just think she's a lo- she's really lonely in her deviousness because as far as we know she has no friends. At least not of one friend that knows on Earth the extent that knows her her ideas, her true true feelings. Yeah, Van is the only one. He's the only one and that makes him really special. So just to go back to uh, how she is a master of perversion compared to him. Well, first of all, uh, he does her bidding. Yeah. Even with Madame de Tourvelle because he was a free agent at first. Like, oh, I'm not getting get into your affair. I'm just gonna, you know, do mine and then you'll just reward me by sleeping with me again. <laughs> so she was dangling that in front of him. Yeah. But the truth is what you said, the fact that she says that she comes to uh, avenge her sex. Mm. Is that the phrase? I think Some so, sort? yeah. Yeah, like <clears throat> take revenge on her sex. Mm. So it's not about herself and it's not about Gercourt. Because it's true, it is a flimsy motive. It's not strong enough for her to do all of that. I think if Gercourt would have exposed her or tried to expose yeah. her to society, because if she was his mistress, he would have been uh, in a strong position to do something to her mm-hmm. uh, socially, to kill her socially. And that would have been really a great offense. And that would have maybe 
been a strong motive for her to try to mm. do something to him. But just leaving her to get married, of course he would get married. Or, yeah. You know, there's a... All men would. Um, With, of course, a young girl coming out of the convent, as all men would at the time. So there is nothing strange about it. She takes revenge on men. But the strange thing is, during the whole story, she hurt more women than exactly. any men. But that's why I think she is truly a feminist icon. When they call her feminist icon, I, you you saw the same thing that I did. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, videos on YouTube or something. Uh, people calling her and articles. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Calling her a feminist icon and calling uh, Laclos himself a feminist writer. So maybe he was because he had revolutionary ideas. Yeah, about women's education. About also. women's mm. education and about the fact that yeah, we should make women's education better. But also, this sh this cannot come without a revolution. So mm. this was his view of the world. And actually, he wrote the book just a few years before the French Revolution. Mm. So he was revolutionary somehow. He admired uh, Napoleon uh, Bonaparte a lot. Mm. But in this case, they're not wrong. She is a feminist icon in the sense of well, everything that I don't like about that uh, militant feminism, or yeah. militant anything, actually. The fact that she's taken revenge on mankind in the name of womankind. No one asked her to do that. No one asked her to do anything. And actually, yeah. as you said, she destroys women's lives. And a young girl, not even a woman, a young yeah. girl. So easy. So trusting because in her. Because truly, okay, you want to you wanna bring down uh, Gercourt. There are ways. I'm not sure what exactly. I'm not as devious. She did it with... Um, Prévan. With uh, Monsieur de Prévan. Yeah. Yeah, she did so easily, and she brought him, and he lost his job, and he his, his job. He, went he went to, to prison. prison. <laughs> so I think if it was that, she, she, she could have done. No, I think I I don't know the reason exactly what it is, but you know the road to hell is paid in good good intentions. Maybe her intentions were I'm going to avenge my sex from the place that the society keep us in. But in the end, she really. Uh, destroyed so many lives in the end. It was such a waste when you see... And the people who could have been happy together, like uh, Cecile and Danceny, they were made for yeah. it. They're two fools together, two exactly. fools in love. <laughs> and you know what? Even her and Valmont, I think, would have been just... Yeah. They should have just Shakta. keep quiet, fuck together and keep quiet. Yeah. If they had just had each other uh... and keep... Of course, it's not in their nature. But no. I think she needs a puppet, and he would have been a good puppet. He wanted her. He wanted to please her. That's all he wanted to do. Maybe this was the breaking thing for her. What? The fact that he was already hers. She's bored by it. But he wasn't hers. Oh, he was. No, in the fact that at the end, why does she want to destroy him? Even if mm. that meant destroying <coughs> herself. It's because of Madame de Tourvel. She felt that now this is serious. This Madame de Tourvel thing is serious. He's mm. falling in love, and he doesn't even want to... He doesn't even dignify me. Uh, he doesn't show me the respect to say, yes, I did yeah. fall in love. Because he was hiding. So I think, no, that's what... Uh, it's when she felt that he was slipping away, that she was she got angry. Oh, yeah. I think it's really interesting to see this kind of thinking. This kind of, um, I came to avenge my sex. So it's not about making women's condition better. Because it is true. Imagine her, Madame de Merteuil, with her intelligence, being treated mm. at 15 as, as if she was a Cécile. And yeah, she's not. an accessory. Of course she would be revolted by it. Mm. I mean, she's not a Cécile. A Cécile is really content with it, given her, her yeah. aspirations in life and actually her capacities you know exactly not... she had none <laughs> come on bring her down <laughs> like she's not down enough oh what did that uh, phrase Valmont said or um, Madame de Merta I think she was well, talking about her that she had a delightful lack of personality and principles so Cecile is a blank canvas if she stayed in the convent maybe and a bit longer and went out directly to be Jacques wife maybe she would have been a pious président de Tourvel I don't think so. I don't think so I either. I think that That's... needs ideas. La Présidente de Tourvel has ideas. Her own. Yeah. Her yeah, own, definitely. definitely her own. Because yeah. when you read her letters, this is not a 22-year-old. 23. Well, at the time, I think it would have been different. Yeah, yeah. We but, don't know uh, how long she has been married or where she comes from or what was her education. Uh, sure. She must have had like um, a rigid, for sure, very religious education. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, when you see her exchanges with uh, who she considers her friends, who are older women. So yeah, we have true. Madame de Volange, who's uh, Cécile's mother. Yeah. And we have Madame de Rosemonde, who is maybe a woman in her 80s, who is Le, Comte, uh, Le Vicomte de Valmont's uh, aunt. Mm. So at the mm. start, we have Valmont, who's there, at his aunt's. 
And he's not used to pay her visits, <laughs> let's say. He's too busy for that. He's interested by Madame de Tourvel, uh, who is staying there in the absence of her husband. So just to take, get this out of the way, because he's really not important, he's so absent that I need to talk about it. What's with the husband? He's just here. We know he wrote one letter, and then that's all. She's called La Présidente de Tourvel because he, he is, is le, le président. président. Président of what? Like, is he a président du conseil, like something legal? I think like so. Like a judge? Yeah, yeah, it gave me the impression of something Yeah, uh, maybe legal. prosecutor yeah. or something. Because yeah. he actually had a job to do. Had like, a job to do, yeah. like a, uh, maybe a trial. Maybe. So he went to Dijon for a trial. But then even when his wife go, goes crazy and goes to the convent, he doesn't come back? No, he doesn't appear at all. It was very strange. And at the end, in her, uh, you know, when she was on her deathbed, she had uh, Madame de Volange and, and yeah, that's all. And the oh, sisters. Madame de, Rose de Rosemont. Didn't... No, Madame de oh, Rosemont. Yeah. No, she didn't lady. travel. <laughs> no, she doesn't. She didn't travel for. But she was there for her. You know, she end. was. She was, and like more than anyone. And Madame de Volange. I think in the end, mm. these two women are the best human beings we see especially madame de volange i really admire her in the end in the end definitely because yeah. she was uh just to yeah. uh because we were talking about madame de rosemont just to take her out of the way poor lady. <laughs> so does it mean that she was the one to reveal the whole thing no uh <sighs> what we got from it is that the chevalier d'ancenie mm -hmm. gave her some choice letters yeah she kept the ones who would embarrass people who were innocent, who were victims, like Cécile de Volange's letters and his letters. Okay. And then she revealed, yes, I think she was the one who revealed uh, the rest of the correspondence, but Danceny started it yeah. by revealing the two two principal letters from the correspondence it of Madame de Merteuil. Two, so yeah. the one, letter 81, who would ruin Madame de Merteuil. Yeah. And I don't know which other one. I Van think one. the oh the, the other one was uh, the one about Monsieur de Pré de Prévent. De Prévent to save him. To yeah. save Monsieur de Prévent. So Danceny had something in mind. Yeah. Madame de Rosemont would just publish the whole thing. No, she didn't. I think she did publish whatever uh, the uh, to finish to finish shaking down Madame de Merteuil because at that point it wasn't quite done yet. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. I just thought, you know, strange that she would her nephew is dead, granted, but yeah. why would she uh, like muddy his name even more and it's her nephew? But still. I don't think it would muddy his name as much as hurt Madame de Merteuil, which is still alive. Mm -hmm. And if she read the letter, she would have known she has a big responsibility in his death, Madame de Merteuil. She killed him. Right. Somehow. Yeah. So maybe it was revenge. Okay, so we have these uh, characters that are uh, secondary. And we have this uh, Madame de Rosemont we said, Madame de Volange, who is Cécile's mother. So at first, she appears to be too strict. Completely. Too much. Uh, in a human way. Yeah. In the first letter, first letter of the book. We have Cécile writing to her friend from the convent, uh, Sophie Carnet, and actually she writes to her a bit, and when Sophie kind of shows openly her... Disapproval. She, yeah, she yeah. does not approve of this relation with Danceny, then Cécile just dumps her. <laughs> we, see, we see who Cécile is. Yeah, very fast, if you don't think yeah, yeah. her. Yeah. She wants someone to rub her how she wants. If you rub her in the wrong way, just you're just out. Then she had another confidant, which would be Madame de Merteuil. In this first letter to uh, Sophie Carnet, she just, she's kind of doesn't understand what's going on because she's taken out of the convent and as far as she knows, when that day, that day comes, that means she's getting married. Yeah. But her mother doesn't tell her anything. So she brings her into the, into the drawing room, let's say, and there's a man there <laughs> and he's the shoemaker and yeah. she faints oh, because Lordy. she thinks it's her promised... Yeah, husband. It was such a heartbreaking scene. Oh, that one. she, uh, she, she broke I my heart. felt some so much pity for her because she fainted. Yeah. in front of the shoemaker. <laughs> Poor Cecile, you you can see that you really can't blame her for her lack of intelligence or principles or anything because she was made to be that. First impression of the mother, I didn't like her because of what she yeah. was doing to her. Me neither. Daughter. But then she got surprisingly better, and you understand that she's not heartless. She just does what they, she thinks is better, right? as in protect her, protecting her daughter from the viciousness of society, while having the most vicious one right in her house, Madame de Merteuil. Uh, Madame de Merteuil is apparently a cousin of yeah, uh, Madame, Madame de Volange. If we go back to the beginning, so we have Cécile, she doesn't know who she's going to get married to, mm. but she knows there is a husband. Just That's why she know. went out to the convent, exactly. otherwise. And uh, there is uh, preparations, so she sees that the mm -hmm. milliners are coming and the jewelers, and there is uh, preparation of a trousseau. 
And in comes uh, Le Chevalier d'Anceny for music lessons. They yeah. fall in love. Madame de Merteuil encourages the thing because now she knows Balmont isn't going to do it, so d'Anceny has to pervert the, the little virgin. And actually, what kind of vengeance is that? On Gercourt. Disgusting. It's more of a hurting Cécile, who didn't do anything to anyone, Definitely. than hurting Gercourt. Like, how? What is how this? does it hurt him? I have no earthly idea. I think, I think it think... would have been, after the marriage... It would have been, they would have exposed... I think so, yeah. He is married, married to someone, to a deviant. Uh, it, so they would have published her letter, like, uh, given... Oh, for sure, I think. Her letters the, to read Exposed her letters with Danceny, or... And since there is no divorce, so Gercourt would have had to stay with Cécile. Yeah. So, but what kind of vengeance on him is that? I don't know. He no. would just find a mistress and go on with his life. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And he's a military man, too. So exactly, yeah. It's th- this is the strange thing with Madame de Merte. She hurts more women than she does any men. I don't think it's strange. I think it's really in line in line with, with the, her uh, militant thinking. Yeah, because she thinks she's helping womankind, but actually she thinks she's so superior to she all does. women. Yeah, there is no way she compares. She thinks they're on her level, and she says it. No, she despises them. She says it in her yeah. letter, the uh, letter eighty-one, the best for me. Oh yeah, in the whole book. Disturbing, though. Disturbing, because mm. when she describes uh, how she she made her entrance into mm. society, and her own mother reminds me of Madame de Volange. Yeah. The way the she was treated. yeah. There's nothing, and she cannot say one thing to her mother. Not confide, not ask about anything. And she was ignorant. Absolutely. And the plot to have a priest explain things to her. Yeah. He was smart in a very scary way for a young girl to have the courage and the audacity to do that and not be afraid of consequences and you can see the recklessness already started there right yeah uh, another thing that was really impressive to me there especially devious the way when she makes herself be insensitive to her husband during their um, first night together because she wants him to think she doesn't like sex so he would think that she would never cheat on him. I think that's the whore and Madonna complex. Wives are Madonnas and the mistresses are whores. Every woman should be in her place. And so Madame de, Madame de Merte understood that very well. She played her, the role she should have played. She thought would may bring her most advantage. Madame de Merte is written as a sort of cautionary tale for women. Right. Mm. And the punishment she has in the end seems so horrible. Uh, As an example for the Puritan and the moralist. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, the saving grace of this book is the whole book, the way it's written. Because in the end, it is a moralistic tale. It is. And Laclos takes the position of a moralist who says, okay, this is wrong. This is all wrong. See what happens. You lose an eye. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, the whole book is in contradiction because it makes it look so delicious. (laughs) That's the thing. And I think he was very disappointed in himself. You think? Yeah, because he was a very tame man in real life. Very moral. He was a family man. Yeah, and he wanted to do a cautionary tale. And it came out as a a celebration of that way of life. Which is very ironic. Yeah, and actually the virtuous people were the dumb people here. (laughs) Yeah, victims all over. Except Madame de Volange. Who? Madame de Volange? She's a victim also. Well, I mean, not dumb. Indeed, oh. she has some saving moments. No, no, but the way she was played by uh, Madame de Merteuil... Madame de Merteuil played absolutely everybody. No yeah. one, no one escaped her. She took her as a as a confidant and she yeah. really played her. And she trusted her with her daughter, which was very cruel. Yeah, we have this romance and then when Madame de Volange discovers the letters in her daughter's uh, possession and she knows mm. that she's corresponding with Danceny, she thinks this puts the marriage at risk. So... They go to the countryside, to the estate of Madame de Rosemont, who's also a friend. So it's really a small world here. It is. Yeah, of noble people. And uh, there is Valmont. <laughs> and the thing is, I think Danceny at the end, after exposing everyone, doesn't take enough responsibility. Because Cécile, with her small intelligence, she was very cautious with Valmont. Yeah, and he encouraged she her. She didn't trust him. She no. didn't trust the fucker. She didn't have any... She didn't have reason why exactly. Yeah. But Donsony told her, this is my friend, I trust him. And then in the end, he blamed her as if she was the devious one. I think he he, yeah. he didn't take enough responsibility. No, th- this I agree in completely because she was such a sad victim. It was so yeah. so terrible what happened to her. It and was assault and no one knew oh, and she didn't. Definite assault. Mm. 
and Van Mo has no quarry with that. He has no, no. problem with rape. But um, actually, she's he, crying. He doesn't care. No. Yeah, that's just an obstacle. Uh, yeah, oh. crying and it, not exactly uh, rape in the sense of physical. He didn't overwhelm her physically. Yeah. But he blackmailed her. Like, okay, you can shout. People are gonna exactly. come. I have a double of your chambers. Why do I have the double of the keys? It was so terrible because she's such an innocent. And the the episode with the keys. She did it. She on didn't the... want to. No. And then Donsney writes to her, and Donsney doesn't even ask the details, but he just goes trust Valmo. Like, why are you even? Don't you want to see me? And then he tries to. Yeah. He starts to whine again. <laughs> when the affair with uh, Valmo starts, and this is horrible. Because he tells La Marquise de Merteuil that they tried everything and they kind of, he says that like they did everything except take precautions. Oh yeah. And, and she then ends up. ends up pregnant and the poor girl didn't, I'm sure she didn't even know what pregnant was. No, I, I'm sure she didn't know what was happening in that bedroom either. No, I think she liked it. Because at that age... Because with, at that age, as you said, with uh, someone like Monsieur de Valmont, who's probably described as knowledgeable. A good lover, probably. Yeah. And I think he must be handsome. Yes, he is handsome. Yeah, it, it is said. It is said that he, he has he a good handsome? figure. Yeah, Madame de Merteuil yeah. tells him that. Oh, actually, she tells him that when he's, try to, he tr he's trying to brag again. <laughs> actually, I like it because she lets him talk. Yeah. <laughs> she lets him come to her, Mommy, Mommy, look what I did, <laughs> look what I did. And then she's all like, good boy, good boy. And then when she had enough, <laughs> she tells him like, oh, you think what you do and what I do are the same? Yeah. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Let me school you. <laughs> Let me school you. <laughs> and she did. Yeah, that fool. He thought he was doing the same thing, like he was openly having affairs. Yeah. Cecile is brainwashed by him, so she writes letter to Donsley, dictated by, by exactly. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, uh, he's go he's uh, trying his hardest with La Présidente de Tourvelle. And it was my least favorite letters, his exchange with Madame de Tourvelle. Yeah, the whiny, the, the whiny tone. And yeah. the, please pity me. And you did say that to me when we started reading the book. Oh. What is seductive to women now, let's say? Mm. I mean, it should be, it is, as far as I know, capability. Or a man, a capable man, a good man. Yeah, but that's or, you. I mean, you're saying good man, what does that mean? I'm no, I mean like... about an, methods. Oh, methods, let's say. Well, I know what doesn't work. What doesn't work? Is coming to me and imagine a man and kneeling at your feet and say, Oh, look what you do to me. My heart is broken. I'm not sleeping. Yeah. Like, little fucker, please stop lying. What am I? <laughs> Actually, it is strange, but did you have the impression that lovemaking <laughs> changed in a drastic way? Okay, so I think today we have no patience for feelings. Because as you said, oh, you would say, yeah. Fucker, stop lying to me. <laughs> Yeah, because it does seem so fake. Fake. Who, who does believe that? Come on. Madame de Torvel believed it. I, and I thought maybe she's innocent, but then you see it repeated in everybody's lives. She's not the only one that believes it. Cecile does too. No, because even when she writes to someone as old and experienced yeah. as Madame de Rosemont, Madame de Rosemont doesn't tell her, hey girl, he's talking about his feelings, but actually yeah. the subtext is his dick. <laughs> I'm Madame de Rosemont, I'm 80, I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah, I know all about penises. <laughs> But nobody said that. This is strange. So I think... do you think it's ignorance of the, of the... Like today we know that every feeling has a hormone behind it. I think it's ignorance. I think it's a change in women's education. And I think it's an acceptance of women's sexuality. We own it. You think the change is in women? All, uh... I think it's, especially, it's in women. Yeah, of course. We don't believe this crap. And we don't uh, see sex anymore as us giving something, giving up something. So it's either a, it's a battle run by a man to defeat someone. And I think this change, so this strategy, they appeal to what's most sensitive maybe in a woman, which is her heart, sort of tug at her heartstrings. So they use a lot of uh, guilt. Yeah, yeah, oh, guilt tripping. The guilt tripping is all over. Donsney does it, so it's not that. Yeah. Dosney is a principled man, and he does it. He goes to Cecile, oh, if you don't answer my letter, I will die. I will die from love. I will die. Why are you doing this, this to me, destroying my life? And I mean, what the hell? All the Come whining. On. Yeah. Valmont does it uh, towards La Présidente de Tourvelle, also talking about his soul and his heart, and, yeah. and there is no sex in all of that. And we know that's all he wants. We know. Yeah. But she doesn't seem to. And that's, I think, the main... I wouldn't say main theme, of course, but... 
one of the things that uh, Shodelud Laclos tries to expose is this lack of education of women. They believe that crap because they're complete innocents. Can you imagine yourself going out of a convent raised by pious sisters and thrown into the world, thrown into marriages even, without knowing anything? Yeah, it is strange because uh, Madame de Tourvel is married woman. I mean, she knows a bit about sex. Why doesn't she... She should. Yeah. She should know a bit. Uh, I mean, we don't know about Le Président, but apparently he is a ghost. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he's a ghost in bed too, we don't know. <laughs> apparently he is. She's completely ignorant. Yeah. And there is all the fainting and praying. During a sex scene, almost. There's yeah. fainting yeah, yeah, yeah. and praying. Yeah, there was, like, uh, sort of in the middle. <laughs> sort of in the middle, just going down on your knees. Not to do the business, but no, to... No. Oh, please, God, save, save me. me. <laughs> My pussy's acting up, I don't know what to do. <laughs> You're disgusting. Um, so your idea is, it might be right, that it's just changing women. That men were lying. Men knew. Men knew, I think, yeah. Because men, no one stopped their education at the time. They roamed the world. They did. They experienced things. Yeah, men would have uh, so much experience with prostitutes, with mistresses. Mm. So before marriage, he would know so much. And then when he comes to uh, women, someone that he would choose for a wife, he would speak this language of uh, feelings. Yeah. This uh, lyrical thing that is unbearable to me. Yeah, completely. Oh, you know what? Talking about the difference, Dalsani tries it out with Madame de Merteuil, this language. Oh, and she slaps him. And she slaps him. And she goes, (laughs) don't even try that with me. Honey. (laughs) What are you doing? Yeah. So do you think like we gained something here? I mean, I agree. Education is a good thing, of course. <laughs> and the fact that we know more about sex and we know the fact of sex. But doesn't that make us, make us um, cynical? No, not cynical. I mean, as long as... Uh, okay, imagine you don't, know, you don't know someone. Yeah. And he comes to you and tells you that he wants to sleep with you. Or, second case, he comes to you. Okay, so this is someone that you know a bit. Yeah. But just, let's say, as a friend or, or a colleague or someone. Or something. Yeah. He comes to you and tells you that he wants to sleep with you. Or comes to you and tells you that you have taken over his soul. That he cannot sleep uh, f- for thinking of you. Yeah. He's losing sleep over you. His nope. soul hurts. Nope. What? Nope. What? Because I was talking about soul. Let me finish. No. <laughs> See, see the irritation already started. Yeah, isn't that cynicism? No, it's not cynicism because I have you ever felt like that way? No. Losing your soul over someone? Hell no. That's the thing. I mean, <laughs> everything is hormonal. Come on. I mean, yeah, of course you can, you respect people and you love them. You actually do. But you know, you don't lose sleep over it. <laughs> okay, so either we are completely unfeeling and we're abnormal. Yeah. Or the whole world is, and no one does says it. People because, will tell us. I mean, wrong comes our thing. What? Rom-coms. Yeah. They still sell this idea of someone losing it themselves over... But not really. They don't sell the idea of um, falling in love that way. It would have been liking specific things in a person. It would be a person that you knew enough... About to fall in love. To discover Now things. you call it fall in love, and we know that it's hormonal, yeah. and it's going to last a bit and go away. Enough yeah, to yeah. make your babies and then go away. That so, is so cynical. But it is the truth. It is. But in the case of uh, someone who you had one, I don't know how many, like maybe yeah, one, two one music encounter. lessons of with. Of course not. And then he comes with his hurting soul. Yeah, and crying all the time. It's really strange because the fact that it would work on Cecile. And actually, she said that she felt guilty. Yeah. yeah she didn't feel love. No. She felt guilty. That's why she started the correspondence in the first case. In the first she case. She saw him all droopy and sad. Yeah. And Madame de Tourvel, the same thing. He came yeah. uh, as a remorseful Christian somehow. Yeah, wanting to uh, re- a redemption. redemption. Get back yeah. into the right path. And it worked also with her. This thing of are you gonna, are you gonna give up on me? Yeah, motherfucker, I am. I don't know you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we definitely gained. I'm sorry because, like, what is this being played that way and being left to die out in the cold alone in the end? You're the loser. So, is there a worse thing, a worse letter that you read than that letter written by Madame de Merteuil and that he just copied? And sent to yeah. Madame de Tourvel to uh, break up with her. Like a good puppy. What a horror that letter was. I don't remember it very well. He actually kind of slapped her in the face, telling her something like, um, my love couldn't last more than your virtue. Oh, Lord. He insulted her like, he reminded her what she, she gave, gave up. up. 
Yeah, like you gave up your ass and now you're asking me to. And he told her something like, it's not the nature of men. It's not in our nature to be constant and to be uh, um, faithful and loyal and everything to someone who cannot hold on, hold on to their virtue. And the thing is, she's a woman who believes in that. So it would yeah. hurt her deeply. Because she did. She tried very hard. With Velma, she was in love right away, almost right away. Because actually, when he discovers that she's having her servant follow him, yeah. that was almost at the beginning. Why would you have your servant follow the man? Because she has a big interest then. Why, though? I this think is... we don't, because we don't respond to that kind of seduction, we don't understand. Because for me, he was just a whiny bitch. But if we say that th this is before, uh, before writing any letters, before he was a whiny bitch, he was just the man who was at his aunt's house, and so, so was she. She started having him followed. So maybe it was actually sexual, oh. hormonal, and she didn't, doesn't know because they don't know what to respond to that, how to respond to that. Like if you get an illogical sexual urge right now, yeah. you'd recognize it for what it is. You know it's like something that comes and goes. Would you though? Yes, of course. I mean, Wouldn't you... you confuse it with qualities in the other person? Because she No, I'm, I'm really talking about uh, passing stuff. Very fleeting stuff. Let's say someone on the street or someone you meet for one meeting. No, no, or I'm not talking like about that. the street, but I'm talking. What happens in the street? In your streets? <laughs> <laughs> I get boners. <laughs> uh, no, I'm talking about someone because she would find excuses for not leaving Madame de Rosemont. And she could yeah. have. She could yeah. have from the start. She was oh, packs her bags. I yeah. can't leave. I can't make him leave because it's his aunt's house. And I cannot go because Monsieur de Tourvel expects me to be at Madame de Rosemont's. Yeah. But actually, Monsieur de Tourvel, he doesn't give a fuck, apparently. He's, I don't know what no, he is. It, he, she could have gone back up. to her yeah. house. And I don't think he would push the door at her house. No, no. There's no way he would get near her then. But um. she let him take hold of her very soon. So in my mind, it's either a physical attraction... Oh, I think you're right about that. Yeah. yeah and she yeah. doesn't know what to do, how to deal with that. Right. I think she just didn't name it. But at first she tried to find excuses like, oh, he's a lost lamb. I'm a yeah. Christian. I must help him. I must listen to him. He's trying. The countryside is changing him. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the country air. It does make people virtuous. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that people then died from love. Because really, what did yeah. she die from? <laughs> Exactly. It was uh, she went crazy. <laughs> this is either our life is very dry, <laughs> or it was they exaggerated things. It was a time for romantic, exalted feelings because there was a pleasure I think in saying them, and writing beautiful things. Yeah, more than anything else. Because we I don't think that. No, no, we would ridicule it. And actually, if you find, if you, uh, let's say, watch a movie or read a book today yeah. that represents someone dying from love, no health issue, No. 23-year-old, <laughs> beautiful looking, the picture of health, 23-year-old, who dies at 23, first of all? First of all, yeah. If, uh, I don't know, a horse cart doesn't trample you or something. <laughs> like, really, oh, talking about hor <laughs> horse carts? No, I just imagine, like, what would we... Because apparently their method of seduction was um, whining then. Yeah. It's and okay. I thought, what's today? It's negging. I don't know if it's today or if it's maybe a decade, maybe I'm too old. <laughs> a decade earlier. What do you mean negging? Are they still doing it? What's negging? Negging, like someone coming to you and oh. um, pointing out some faults of yours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, the pick-up artist method. Yeah, that kind yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it still yeah. going on? I think it is. It's still, but it's going down fast and hard. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But apparently I think... I mean, it's as horrible as whining, but yeah. <laughs> it might work. Like, imagine Monsieur de Valmont going to uh, to Madame de Tourvel and instead of saying, oh, my souls, look what you did to me. <laughs> I'm crying all the time. Look at my tears on the letter. And he would just go to her and tell her, I don't know, oh, this dress looks really good on you. Although the color washes you off. You know, it's kind of, it yeah. needs to be subtle. Yeah, or, yeah they do it well. Madame de Tourvel, would you go horseback riding with me? Oh, no, I don't think the horse can take it. I don't, mm. I don't think the horse is sturdy enough. <laughs> so I amused myself thinking, but what would Negin be at that time? Oh, and Madame de Tourvel, she would just be like self-conscious all the time. Oh, am I too yeah. fat for a horse? <laughs> Is it Megan now, though? No, I don't, I don't know so. what it is now. I'm out of the dating scene. I mean, I'm married and you're working like a mule, so who knows? Yeah, who knows? Lord, it's a mystery. <sighs> yeah. 
No, but yeah, that method would definitely creep anyone out, I think, now. You know what? What I think today? I think, as an outsider, I do think that it's now consumers. Huh. I think there's no need to... Because where does this come from? Why do they... Why do men need to develop methods? Because mm. as you said, you need to conquer women. Yeah. But you said it as a, a negative thing, like defeat women. Like yeah, as if you give them. up something. Yeah. Yeah. You don't they, have each other. Someone is having someone, the other. The man is having, yeah, is the, having woman. the woman. But now, since it changed, and you hear women talking about, uh, oh, I fucked that guy, I fucked that guy. I don't like that because the truth is, you didn't. Yeah, he fucked you. I don't think I don't think it's equal that way. That's why I don't like these ideas of equality, regardless no, of differences. Instead of developing their own uh, d- direction, yeah. way of thought or way of being, they just want to be men. And it doesn't work. It's wrong because yeah. we don't respond the same way. Exactly. And I think sex takes a bit more out of us. Meaning, yeah. we need a bit more, uh, like, um, involvement know, or someone interest. Someone who treats you carelessly is really horrible. So if you find, oh, I just fucked him, but he doesn't, like, and he treats you like a bro, and you wouldn't feel right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree it. with that completely. That's why maybe today there is no method because there is no need to, uh, to seduce or conquer or anything. Because you just mm. need to go on Tinder and swipe. Yeah. Don't true. you think that? And you have. But it's not the same. This is fucking. It wasn't the same. It, it's but it is the, actually it is in actually with a lot of embroidery around yeah. it. But it is this is it deep down. Although no, it was for men because they knew what's up. For women, it was for women. It wasn't because they were they were fools. Exactly. This is the sad part of it. One oh, party is completely ignorant. You know, uh, as horrible as Madame de Merteuil is, yeah. I prefer to be her. Like I prefer not to get take. Imagine being Madame yeah. de Merteuil. <gasps> Imagine. <laughs> uh, you know, what, because I remember letters. Like, he would write something to Madame de Tourvel. Yeah. And then in the same letter, he would accompany the letter to Madame de Tourvel with a letter to Madame de Merteuil, telling her, read this. Yeah. And, and send the, it over. Send it over. Oh. And actually, there is a letter that was written on a prostitute's bum. Yeah. To Madame de Tourvel. To Madame de Tourvel, talking about feelings. Oh, I'm overtaken with, I'm, I'm overtaken with feelings. I must go back to... Jerking off. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to the business. Like uh, he says, like he can't write anymore. And actually, he goes yeah. back to Emily, the prostitute, and does the yeah. nasty with her, and then goes back to writing to Madame de Tourvel. And when you go to Madame de Tourvel, and she's crying, and she's and crying. sending letters to Madame de Rose, yeah. telling her he loves me and he's oh oh the pain. Yeah, I like that. I'd rather yeah. I'd rather lose an eye. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather lose an eye and have uh, the uh, varicelle. Uh, <laughs> what did she have? La petite vérole. Petite vérole, yeah, be disfigured by. But it's uh, a sexual. It's an STD, right? La petite vérole is an STD. Isn't it measles? No, variole is measles. Oh, that's uh, an STD. I think really. She, yeah, oh, she lost an eye from an STD. <laughs> what kind? Of, what kind of STD does that? Be careful. Very, very virulent one. <laughs> Be careful, oh, people. But yeah. actually, yeah, she's. Uh, they say that she went to Holland, probably. Took her diamonds and. Uh... Uh, yeah, and she didn't go with uh, nothing. Mm, of course not. It's Madame de Merteuil. So, in the end, yeah, I'd prefer to be her. Do you know one, one of the most horrible things I think she did? When Madame de Volange actually was changing her mind about marrying Cécile to yeah. the Count de Gercourt. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to marry her to Chevalier Dansny. Yeah. And then, just like that, without a thought in the word for these two other human beings. She just pushes her not to. Oh, uh, horrible. Me. And just when you think about letting the girl be pregnant. And she didn't yeah, know. And didn't so know. she lost the child, but they didn't plan on it. It was just from a scare. No, yeah. She lost the baby from a scare, but actually, I don't know what they were planning. Letting her, I think, I guess they were going to let her. I think let her and try to foster her own Jacquot if he doesn't realize. Oh. And then say that uh, the Jacquot the child is actually Valmont's bastard. Yeah, they were very happy about that. Oh, yeah, extremely. This was... Oh, Lord. Did we talk about everyone and everything? Should we stop talking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think it's really strange... For someone to write something this good and then not write again, it doesn't but happen. But he's often. a strange man. Yeah. You think someone living the life he did, mm. very straight and narrow, child and uh, a wife and children. But he didn't have them then. No, he didn't. He was a military man. To be so knowledgeable and to be so masterful in writing this, yeah, it was amazing. 
Yeah, yeah, I think uh, he uses his military knowledge in the language of love, of seduction. That's, that's why we find Valmont speaking as, uh, as a general or something. He thinks yeah. a lot of himself as yeah, a, he's taking a the Caesar. <laughs> yeah, he's taking the troops and he's attacking the, ca the castle and stuff. And at some point even he says as if, uh, now that I am sure of my conquest, I must take a rest. He leaves her alone, Madame de Tourbel, yeah. for a few days. Yeah. Kind of gives her a bit of a, um, a respite because he thought that uh, now I'm sure of my con and he was. And that oh. was one interesting thing I heard in one of these videos on YouTube. Uh, I think it's Al Shimida Yeah. And they talked about because we are not really living the events, we're hearing about the events after they happened or before they happened, the planning of said events mm. and from multiple points of views. So you have these people living a secondary life, as in, in real life, the real events that are happening, and yeah. then the other timeline, sort of, where multiple points of views happen, which lives in the letters. It reminds you a bit of social media and how it's prevalent right now. Oh, yeah. As in, yeah, people live in their own real life, but what's more visible, what's more popular, what do they put on the forefront? It's the social media, the fake, fictive life. Definitely. So, yeah, we never know exactly. It would be really interesting to have some sort of parallel. And actually even more prevalent now than it was then. Because, yeah, they used letters, but it was a necessity. Yeah, because that's the way of communication. When you think about it, during the whole plotting of this whole disaster, Madame de Merteuil and Valmont never met. Oh, Lord. Yeah. It's true. He was in Paris sometime, but he didn't yeah, go to see her. Yeah, but didn't meet. And you know who else didn't meet? Uh, Cecile and her husband, her future husband. Yeah. I don't think he was as horrible as all that because Madame de Merteuil told her he was an older man. He's not. He's No, he's th 35 is an older man. But oh, I mean, right. He is 15. <laughs> I'm gonna say for both of us that we love, love, love the book. Dear Lord, I think every time I want to read something delicious, just plain yummy, it's, yeah. it's that good. Yeah. In French I'm speaking, because since I don't know, but I think it must be just as good. Uh, this is my go-to book. You know, it's strange, this was a military man. This is what education was at the time, Today you maybe. would take something from the academy and he wouldn't write like that. No. <laughs> no, hell no. I think we're a fast-paced society now. We don't have time for shit. Yeah, that's not great, but, you know, we're not gonna... What make... are we gonna... Do we have properties? Do I see a castle in my name? No, I don't. Oh, if I had a castle, I would definitely talk like that. I would bore everyone to death. Actually, we're doing that right now. <laughs> we're boring people to death. Yeah. So yeah. we're gonna let so, you go yeah. and uh, tell you um, to the next episode, which is gonna be an adaptation. We don't know yet which one. We'll but see. it'll be nice and... Uh, oh, and the so... costumes. Ooh, I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be yummy too get a hold of yourself <laughs>